No ketchup. No ketchup. Good, my people. Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me as always. We're back after a little holiday break, man. It's been extremely busy. We got to talk about some of these gaudy NBA numbers. We got people dropping 70, 60 point triple doubles on uh, on on 20 shots. Everybody's going crazy in the NBA. The scoring is up. For, uh, for the first time in a really, really long time, it might break the record. or like, It's like the highest scoring season since the 80s. So we'll talk about that. And of course, NFL playoff picture, we got to jump into that. We got to talk about the Bears recap. But we're going to kick off the show with uh, the little NFL playoff picture. Talk about some of these teams. Everything is pretty solidified. We have one outstanding slot in the NFC. So we'll talk about that. A lot of moving parts here. No catch up. Sports Talk Bay Chicago tapping. Big Nick the Quick, what's happening? How we doing? What's going on? Man, I'm feeling great, bro. I was telling you right before we got on, man, I need to get a haircut. But with these uh, with these prices out here, you gotta, you gotta start <laughs> making business decisions on when it's done. Yeah, I want to ask you since you've been out in New York, what what does it cost for a cut out there? Because I know everything, man, out there is times two. Oh, <laughs> it actually hasn't been that bad. I, I've been doing pretty well doing my beard by myself. You can shave your head too, can't you? Oh yeah, what? I don't. Yeah. I never don't go really to get to, my. Yeah. I shave. I've been shaving my head at the crib for years now. So you just go in if you read like an ultimate touch up on the beard. If type I just situation. Want, like, yeah, like if my beard yeah. is out of whack, I'll let it grow out a little bit, and I'll yeah. go get it shaped up, and then I'll just try to maintain it as best I can. Because yeah, I'd be underwater if yeah. I had to go it's get cr- my beard crazy. every week, every couple days. It'd be, Someone yeah, posted no. some shit the other day that said that their barber. Yeah, some of these barbers out here charging seventy five, a hundred dollars. Oh, bro, it's getting crazy. Yeah, they yeah. they figured out their worth. They see all these people talking about they making memes about how. Their whole life changed when they get a cut. They said, oh, all right. All right, yeah. They cut use life-changing prices then. This dream ain't free. Straight up. dream ain't free. Also, before we get into this uh, NFL playoff picture, my caffeine intake has skyrocketed, bro. I'm already there. Like, it's crazy. I need to chill. I went from having, like, one every a cup every couple days. I'm having, like, two before 9 a.m. Like, shit is out of – shit is not – so, Not the wave. so when we record, I usually have one that I just poured, and then yeah. I also keep a Yeti full of two more. So usually when we record, I go through about two and a half cups of coffee. People don't even notice I'm out here pouring coffee. I'm barista, are they, and, I'm are they real? Break, huh? <laughs> and are they real cups, or is it the yeah, classic, nah, like, nah, you nah, pouring, like, 16 a, out? Dog, cup yeah. in my face. Yeah, you can't. Nah, I'm, I'm cra- I drink, I, so you know, like, on the little coffee machine? Yeah. I drink nine per day. On the side, like the the, yeah. the the cup level. Gee, you got chill, dog. No, I got to. So that's how you keep rolling. I keep rolling, man. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> make it it's too much. It's too much to do out here. I feel you. I feel you. And All I right. drink. And I drink it black too. So I'm just. I'm like a. I'm like on the on the far end of the spectrum. I also like coffee. Like I, yeah, I, no. I thoroughly enjoy the taste of coffee. Like I get good coffee. You know what I mean. I take my time with it. I think it. it's one. Of, yeah. gee, I'm gonna have to go to decaf, bro. Cause I do like the taste as well, but yeah. You ever I done s- the decaf after dinner before? Yarny put me onto that. It's it's a great move. Yeah, wonderful. It's a, move. Yeah, it's a digestion thing. I love it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially after a big meal, you go to steakhouse, a grab a little espresso. decaf, yeah, a little espresso afterwards. It's, it's yeah, no, nah, no question. Yeah. All right, let's jump into this NFL playoff picture. It's uh, it's wild out here right now. We know um, at one point the Green Bay Packers were four and eight, one percent chance to make the playoffs. Now they're up there in the all, just a touch under seventy percent to make it if they beat the Lions at home on prime time. They are in. And it's looking like Aaron Rodgers has done it again, got the help he needed, and it's looking like he's going to be in the playoffs. Who knows if they make a run or not, but they were dead in the water. Let's talk about the current picture right now in the NFC. And let's, we know, before you get on this, let's, let's be fair to the Aaron Rodgers situation. I know Sean wants to dance around and be like, see, we told you all about Aaron Rodgers, and we told you about the Packers, and I've been telling you all for years. Let's not forget when the Aaron Rodgers and Packers shit hit a fever pitch, they had just dropped nine points against the Detroit Lions, and he looked very, 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 very amateur and very, very, very suspect. So I know at some point you're going to be like, we always over here saying no. all this and all that. Because I don't even need to say that because y'all, right. okay. yeah, sounded, foolish. Sounded, foolish. Y'all sound foolish. sounded foolish. Yeah, they dropped nine points. Everybody sounded foolish. Not a good football team. Y'all sound foolish. Not a good football team. Ever, every, anytime you disrespect number twelve, y'all sound stupid. It wasn't. Even, it, it was. It was the pa- even the Packers fans were leaving folks out to dry. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The best talent you've ever seen with your two eyes at the Patrick, quarterback position. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. No. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burr. number 12, is the most talented quarterback you've ever seen. So, yeah, of course people were were hanging him out to dry with a no-nothing roster and a D. The defense is the key. He was no playing wants, like shit. He the, was throwing de- red zone picks. The defense is the key. The defensive side of the ball for the Green Bay Packers has really stepped it up in the last six, seven weeks. They played a lot better. Rodgers hasn't really had to do too much. They've been super. No, they've balanced. been turning. They've been turning folks over left and right, and the running game has been excellent. I mean, yeah. everything that you thought about. I mean, because now we're getting into it. Everything you thought about the Packers and how they would go into this year, which was going to be defense, running the ball, ball control, and then Rodgers shows up in the moments where you need him to, is how they've been playing the last few weeks. Whatever they were doing the first 11, 12 weeks. That wasn't it. But, again, this is the formula that we thought they'd come into the season with. And a lot of that is on the fact that defense was playing terrible for the first part of the season. So you got to give them credit there. But, yeah. Yeah, the offense is balanced. Rodgers hasn't had a game this year that he's thrown for 300 yards. Yeah, which is how it's supposed to be. You're saying just because it's so balanced that he hasn't yeah. dropped back and thrown a bunch? Yeah, if you look at the last couple of years when he was winning MVP, it's not like Rodgers was coming out here throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns. If you look at his numbers from the MVP seasons – as far as just like yards per game and total yardage and all that, it was more the efficiency, the fact that he doesn't throw picks and, you know, he seems to always make the right throw, but it's not like he was out here running a Patrick Mahomes 5,000 yards in the air type offense. Um, And it seems like they tried to do that at the beginning of this year or when they didn't really know what to do, it was like, yeah, let's go into Aaron Rodgers mode, kind of like what uh, the Bucks are doing with Brady. And uh, that's just not the right formula for them, man. You got a 38-year-old quarterback, you got to manage the situation. Not to mention, you can't win. You can't win like that in the NFL, unless you're Joe Burrow. But no, they got mixing. They got they got a bunch of yeah. They got a good running game. They got a good balance. All right, let's talk about the NFC first, right? So we know who's going to win the division. They're already clinched: Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. They won the South. Mm-hmm. Now we have in the wild card: Dallas, the Giants, and it looks like that seventh spot is going to be the winner. Of Green Bay, of Green Bay and the Lions, the the Seattle Seahawks, if they win, they need Green Bay to lose, mm-hmm. and that's where it gets interesting because Green Bay and Detroit are at night. 
Sunday night football. So there's a, there's a spot where the Lions could show up to Sunday night with the season over, nothing to play Eliminated, for. Eliminated, yeah. Eliminated. Hey, you see Dan Campbell, those boys always got something to play yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going no, Dan like Campbell's that. not Dan Campbell's <laughs> not gonna let his guy show up and just fuck around. Nah, hell but nah. it <laughs> human beings are human beings, right? Right. The the little extra you might not stretch extra out. Effort, you might not stretch out. You, you might, might not, not dig deep yeah. on, on a few plays when you know <laughs> Cabo well, next it doesn't week. matter. Yeah. I've hit all my incentives as Tulum. a player. Tulum is we waiting. can't make the playoffs. I'm not about to go out here and make a little extra play to get injured. What, what, so what, I think what that's Scottie a really say? interesting angle. What does Scotty Pippen say? I'm not going to fuck my summer up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pippen said, I, hey, man, I wasn't going to fuck my summer up. I'm getting this surgery in a couple months. Yeah. So that's the same piece right here. I think that's a really interesting level because I believe Seattle has the Rams. Look that up for me. I think it's a soft game. Seattle's expected to win that game at home. So yeah. they should take care of business. And then the Lions kind of show up lame dunk style. And then it's also you're playing in Lambo on prime time. In Lambo on prime time, yeah. Is is already a tough in January and December in his career, Aaron Rodgers, 27 and 4 in yeah. December and January. That's a tough game. At home. Yeah. He doesn't lose at home. And they're on fire right now. And you know when so, they get when they get rolling, um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 that's a tough team to beat, especially it's a tall order for Jared Goff to go into Lambeau Field in the winter on primetime in a must-win game against an all-time great. But, you know. Now, let me ask you this. We'll last time, the- I will say this. Last time they played them, they held them to nine points. We can't forget that. It's 15 to nine. Yeah, well, it, was was indoor, it was indoors, look. nice and toasty for golf. Yeah. We know how it goes. We sure. know how we know how it goes with that. With, Regardless with of how it dudes. finishes, though, shout out Jared Goff, man. Bounce back here. Yeah, very Pro- played very well. play in this league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that whole team has been very very fun. Yeah. All right, now let's just assume let's just assume Green Bay gets in because that's what I think happens. So the eight teams are once again Philly, Mini, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Dallas, the G Men, and then the Packers. Yeah. Now, who are the real squads out of that list? Is it Philly, San Francisco, and Dallas, or is it just Philly? In San Francisco, are we fully in any way Brady can do anything? No, nah, for me, it's been Philly and San Fran. It's Philly and San Francisco. That's about it. And it's no really Dallas. No, nah, not Dallas. I already told you how I feel about Dallas. Dallas. I I have no doubt that when it comes for a time to be a big moment for the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to shit the bed. Whether it's a coaching decision, whether it's just them being the Cowboys, I just don't believe in that team. I understand they've had a good year. I understand on paper everything looks right. But if you go back and watch some of those games, I don't know, man. They're just a shaky team to me. Not as shaky. The defense. As a, yeah, the defense. The defense, the defense is, is has been getting run over. And the defense is hit or miss. It's one of those things where if, if Parsons and Diggs are doing their thing, like, yeah, they're tough to beat. But if you slow down Micah Parsons, right, that defense becomes very, very, very average. And then um, going to Minnesota, yeah, we already know how we feel about the Minnesota Vikings. Their defense is historically bad. Um, and we don't trust Kirk Cousins. So I would I would be out on the Cowboys and the Vikings. I really do think that this is shaping up to be a two-horse race. Jalen Hurts' health is the most important thing to the NFC race this year. Um, Shanahan has shown you that he can do it with no matter who the quarterback is, which is actually crazy. If we're talking coach of the year, um, Kyle Shanahan, hands down, is the coach of the year. He's lost two starting quarterbacks and his best playmaker on offense, and is still they're going to finish 13-4 and four 
which is insane. Um, so yeah, to me, it's just Philly, Philly, and San Fran in the NFC. Whoa, wait, I don't I hear that. You, you said he's coach of the year, no, no doubt. No doubt, absolutely. I don't understand how he couldn't be coach of the year. I don't understand how he, there's no reason he lost his starting quarterback in week two. You talking about the guy he didn't want to play? The guy who no Trey Lance. Oh, okay. You're talking about Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah, remember guy. him? Remember, remember, remember yeah, uh, I do remember. remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I remember. Lance. It's been yeah. a while, but Lap Dance Lance, they lost Trey Lance early on. Then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, he does Jimmy Garoppolo things, play well enough to get wins, he loses. Then he turned to a guy who was the last pick in the draft, and this thing looks better than it did under Garoppolo. Now, obviously, the McCaffrey trade. We were both very critical of that at the moment. What a deal. I mean, if all he does is produce for no, you. No, I don't, I don't think we were critical of it at the moment. They're in a win-now spot. And we just talked move. about giving up assets for running backs. Sure. I don't I don't love. That's and all. I guess, when, I guess when you're not paying a quarterback and it doesn't look like you will be anytime soon, you can make a deal like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that deal obviously ended up working out great for them. I think, to be completely honest, I'm strong on the Niners, like strong on the Niners, like stronger on the Niners than I am on the Eagles. Um, again, I know the Eagles kind of wrap shit up a little bit early, and it looks like the last couple of weeks they've been kind of helping. Yeah, they got no it. juice and right now. No juice at all, and they're playing with Minshew. I get it. Um, but, Jay man, that, back. that Niners thing is rolling, and the defense is nice. I trust Shanahan's play calling. Obviously, you know, logic says you need a big-time quarterback to go far in these playoffs, but look, hey, Brock Purdy has played very, 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 very well. It's not serviceable. It's not stand-in. It's not game management. You go back and look at the numbers. He's throwing for 200-plus yards. He's throwing for two or three touchdowns, and he's making big throws in big spots. And clearly they trust him. Um, so hopefully – I don't know. When, how, when does Debo come back? That's a good question. Yeah. I'm Debo, not sure. I don't know if Debo's back for the playoffs or not, but you get Debo back, and then now you have Debo, McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy, he got a nice spot <laughs> over there. Um, Purdy's for two touchdowns in five straight games. And I don't like taking guys out of rhythm. Started. Missing two games for Hurts, you take him out of that unbelievable rhythm that he was in, and now you're throwing him back into playoff football. I never liked that. Well, right when he went down, Hurts, I said he went from being the favorite for the MVP, like minus 200, minus 250 at some spots, Yeah. to instantly – Falling, no chance he was going to win MVP. He was like plus a thousand. And I remember saying, and I tweeted it, was for his MVP odds to move this much, this is clearly telling me that he's going to miss multiple games here. This is not a one-week injury. That's exactly what it turned into. Now, I, I believe he's going to play this week. They have to win to lock up the NFC. Yeah. To get the number one seed, they Which cannot is crazy considering how they started the year. They, they cannot, they cannot risk not getting the number one seed. It has to go through Philly. You like you said. Now, I watch a ton of film. I break down a ton of numbers. The San Francisco 49ers pass all of those and then the eye test. Do you yes. watch these dudes, yes. especially yes. on defense? Yes. Like, D'Amico Ryan has those boys humming. These dudes, <laughs> these dudes are are tough. Now, and he's been on that though. You know what Stidham, I say? You build Stidham from the did. Stidham did. Linemen. Stidham did have them playing really. Had the Raiders looking really nice last week. Sure, they might have came in and was like, "Hey, this is a rookie quarterback. We don't got to worry about these boys too too much. They're in Vegas. You know how that goes." Yeah. Next thing you know, they fighting for their life, trying to trying to win the game, end up winning in overtime. 
But overall, I don't think you can discount Dallas fully. I I, I understand the defense has been really bad the last few weeks. I mean, not even a few weeks, like a month now. The, the, the defense has been really bad. Justin Fields moved it on him. A lot of people, a lot of people that aren't that good moved it on Dallas. There's really, still really weird well. coaching shit. Kellen Moore has made some really questionable calls and big spots for them. McCarthy, the discipline of this team, they still get penalized to the moon. Yep. If you I had to pick one of these, one of these teams in the NFC, not named those guys, not named Philly, not named San Francisco. I guess it not named the Cowboys. Who else would you pick? It's got to be Aaron Rodgers if they get in, yeah. Yeah, it's either the Bucks. It's either the Bucks or the uh, the or the or the or Packers, just based off the quarterback. Let me talk to you about the Bucks. But the Bucks, the Bucks, that the team Bucks is philosophy ass. is so flawed, and what they try to do, um, I, they backed into the playoffs because they're playing in a terrible division, absolutely uh, terrible division with nobody else. I'm shocked that they even made the playoffs. As this team has been dead in the water. They've been dead since week one. Um, yeah, I truly hope. Well, this is the the funny part about this is <laughs> they get a home game, and it's probably going to be against Dallas. They'll probably win, right? I really what's, hope that's a what's short the number, number on that game. What's I was I gonna say? What's the number on that game? What, what would you? What you saying? What would I make it? Yeah, if you're capping that game, what's, what's the number? Dallas minus three. You said three. Now. People might take. People will probably Are you taking take Tom that Brady's three. points in a home playoff game. People would probably take that. I, I, I cannot rock with Tampa Bay. I think they're that bad, for sure. And be- and before and before they went off the other night on Sunday with Evans three t- three touchdowns, they were getting beat up again yeah. by the Panthers. Early they looked terrible. So yeah, I can't uh, back that. Not, no, it's not a good team. Um, it hasn't been a good team all year. They rely way too much on Tom Brady. They can't run the ball. Their defense is suspect. Uh, another team that makes a lot of dumb mistakes. But obviously, this Brady to Evans thing has been humming now for, I mean, it's been humming since he got there. But the last few weeks, they've really been making beautiful music. So, I mean, that's something that you do got to watch out for. And look, man, I've been saying it for years. I, I, I'll be the last person on the Tom Brady train. That's fine. I do think this is it. I think he retires after this year. So, who knows, man? Is there some magic left? Sure. But if you're telling me Dallas going to Tampa Bay and you're giving Brady points, it's hard for me to say, like, yeah, I'm taking Dallas in that spot. I don't trust the Cowboys. I don't understand why people who are out here watching football still trust the Cowboys, but I do not trust the Cowboys. I don't trust anything about the Cowboys. I do believe the Cowboys are one game in the playoffs and done. Mark my words. That team has that team has holes that are too big to fill. Too big to fill, but they <laughs> do certain things that are able to cover those holes. But when you start peeling back the layers of that football team, there's a lot of issues there, I feel like. All right, let's talk about the AFC. Get well soon, my brother, DeMar Hamlin. We know what happened out in Cincinnati. Or yeah, in Cincinnati. Um, he's still in critical condition trying to work through that. I don't know what they the, the league end up ends up doing logistically to to piece that together and figure that out. But we do know the top teams. It's going to be important on who gets the number one seed. I believe Buffalo needs it to win the Super Bowl. I think whoever gets the – I'm going to tell you this. Whoever gets the number one seed in the AFC for me is going to win the Super Bowl, whether it be Cincinnati, Buffalo, or Kansas City. Whoever gets the one out of those three teams wins the Super Bowl for me. 
Well, that's how crucial home field advantage is yes. going to be in this in this particular uh, in this particular race. No one yeah. wants to go to Arrowhead. No one wants to go to Buffalo, and no one wants to go up to Cincinnati and see those boys. Yes. Particularly, nobody wants to go to Arrowhead. I'll tell you that right now. Josh yeah, Allen no. does not want to take a trip. We told it before. If he sees MCI on his luggage tag, it's going to be a long, <laughs> a very, very, very long one. So yeah, nobody wants to. Go yeah, he doesn't there. want to do that. All so right. Who? who, go. who? Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that. Who has the advantage in this? <laughs> when you look at the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals, they're all rolling, right? I know the. I know. The Chiefs, um, I've actually I've taken some of these big numbers that they've had over the last couple of weeks, which hasn't been the smartest thing, but they're obviously winning these games. Four straight for the Chiefs, six straight for the Bills, seven straight for the Bengals. So all these teams are heading in the playoffs exactly how you want them to. Um, now, the Bills are obviously have a completely different situation going in there, and they're not they, – they got other things on their minds right now. We'll see – I don't even like saying that, but we'll see how that can affect them going forward. Um, but obviously you got a, a tight group there. You got a strong head coach. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll get through it how they need to. And then that's fair. Um, but you look at those three teams, man, like, yeah, those are the three hottest teams had to head into the playoffs. You can even include Jacksonville on that list. I don't think they're going to make any noise, but when you look at all the top of the divisions in the AFC, all those teams are going into the playoffs hot. We just talked about, um, Tampa Bay backing into the playoffs, right? We talked about the Eagles looking shaky over the last few weeks. That's not the case in the AFC. At the very least, you're getting four very hot divisional winners. You're getting a hot wild card team in the Chargers, right? And we'll see how the rest of it sorts out. But if you always talk about you want to be playing your best football at the end of the year heading into the playoffs. That's 100% the case in the AFC. And that, to me, means that some team could be primed for an upset. Yeah, because you no. don't have that. You don't have that weak team going in there that won their division at eight and eight or whatever the case might be. I mean, I guess that is the case with Jacksonville. Yeah, all, but again, well, you're saying it's supposed to be all the div, all the division winners are the best teams in the AFC. They're all rolling. Yeah, no one's backing in. Even Jacksonville, winners of four straight, has looked like a completely different team. Trevor Lawrence has looked like a completely different quarterback. We gotta give Trevor Lawrence his prop. We killed him earlier on in the year when he did not look like that guy. Trevor Lawrence has been playing lights out football. Doug He's Peterson been playing amazing. Rolling. He's been playing last awesome. seven games, 108 plus on the passer rating. Yeah. He has four interceptions since week four, I believe. Yeah. So in the last almost 10, 11 weeks of football, 12 weeks, he's had four awesome. interceptions. He he's has been, been awesome. awesome. And look, Using Peterson's, legs, got, some sh- Peterson's got some shit up his sleeve. We've seen Doug Peterson win a Super Bowl. And we've seen Doug Peterson win a Super Bowl on the strength of his play calling. That Super yeah. Bowl game was one of the best offensively called games I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life in football. He dismantled the Patriots. Yeah. Had him like, had him befuddled. Befuddled. Confused. Confused. The, whatever word Brady you still won't, use. Brady still won't shake Nick Foles' hands, and that shit was six years ago. Yo, real shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that's How real shit, by the way. guys ever. Yeah. Brady is literally signing people's interception balls at midfield. <laughs> but if he Nick sees Foles, Nick Foles, he will, he will not he speak to that way. man. Yeah. So... Man, like, so to me, I, obviously, I still think it's those three teams, Bills, Chiefs, and uh, Bengals, but with everybody heading in hot like that and the Bills dealing with their situation, um, I still think the road uh, the road to the Super Bowl still goes through Arrowhead Stadium. Now, it's interesting. New England has a shot to get in. Miami still has a shot to get in. Fine. Seems yeah, fun. both both kind of blah squads right now. Miami, Miami's defense sucks. Two is – Two is not playing. If, if I don't think plays, he's going to play. If he plays, he's throwing a lot of picks. Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Well, he, was throwing, he was throwing picks because he was concussed. 
against hey, was, yeah that fourth the quarter. Go back the and Packers. watch the second half of the Packers game was one of the worst. I, I, it, dude, I said I texted Terry. I was like, is this dude drunk right now? Because yeah. some of those picks were egregious. I had the over in that game, and they <laughs> scored. I had over forty nine and a half, if I remember correctly, fifty maybe fifty and a half, and they scored like thirty four points in the first half. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, it's a wrap. And then but, you know Miami got blanked in the second half. They were throwing. It, it was just a crazy bad beat on the on the on the no over. But so, you get what I'm saying with the hot hand. It's almost like the Bengals last year. I don't think that the Bengals won the division last year. Or was it Baltimore that won that division? Baltimore won the division last year. But the Bengals were hot at the end of the year, right? And they took yes. that hot streak all the well, way into the playoffs. So when you got multiple teams coming in hot that, like though. that, I'm pretty because sure because I know Lamar was out. AFC North, yeah, they won. Oh, the Bengals won the division last year, ten and seven. They did, but it was on the strength of finishing like eight of their last nine or something like that, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they were rolling. It was yeah. the same thing. Same thing as last year. So all these teams are rolling heading into the playoffs. I think that makes for uh, for a very interesting AFC playoffs. Let me talk to you. Let me let me ask you this. I, I don't believe in Baltimore without Lamar Jackson, and I, and I mean we could fucking beat this into the ground if we want. Lamar Jackson shouldn't step on the floor, on the field again the rest of the year. I should be back in Florida. What? Well, there's no deal. No, I'll, I'm straight. This is this is this injury is lingering a little longer than I thought it would. Yep. yep. <laughs> I don't feel t- my hamstrings. Yo, I think it's funny that like I'm completely done with sugarcoating all these situations. The Bears should come out and be like, yeah, no reason for us to win. Why, why would we try to win this game? Period, point blank. That's it. Lamar Jackson. I mean, I know for optics you can't do it. What's up, Dallas? I know for, uh, I know for optics you can't do it. But, hold it. He should do a hold in. I'm, well, I'm here. Like, let's be serious on what's happening here. Lamar has no business playing any game, so I don't believe in them. And let me ask you this. Okay. Would you take Jacksonville? Right? Say Jacksonville wins in the, and, and gets in. I think they will. Yeah, Tennessee is starting Josh Dobbs, so I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars completed win the division. By the way, what an ultimate bed shitting job by the Tennessee Titans that no one is talking about. That team, that team was seven and three. Yeah, they've lost six in a row. Yeah, that team was seven and three, and they were looking good. And I was like, oh, Mike Brable doing it again. They have complete. It, 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 they're they're built on a house of cards. Like it, it's it's if one or two things goes wrong for them, it's all tumbles. Um, but it, I mean, this is kind of what we thought. They were playing over their head earlier in the year. They get rid of their best offensive play, second best offensive no, player. Absolutely made zero sense. Send him to Philly. He continues to ball. They have no weapons. Then their quarterback goes down. Apparently, Malik Willis is a bust. Or he can't play. Vrabel. Yes, he's There's no business out there at all. He's no, no. He's healthy. He's healthy, right? Yeah, he's healthy. They're Why just would going you not with Josh start him Dobbs. Going with Josh Dobbs. So that well, tells you all you need to know about Malik Willis and what Vrabel thinks of him. You can see how they were coaching Willis. The plays. Remember, he was starting games where he was throwing the ball eight times. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. If he, if he felt any pressure, that dude was tucking and running. Yeah, it, it was, was crazy, bad. crazy. It was bad. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Right now, would you take Jack? Say Jacksonville gets in. Yeah, you take Jack. You take who do you like more to make a run, Jacksonville or the Chargers? Ooh. Herbert's been rolling; they've looked really good. Austin Eckler looks sucks. like it's week one. He looks that healthy. Yeah, 
It's a good question. I like the Chargers. Only I just and that yeah, I like the Chargers in that, but I don't love the Chargers overall as a team. But they're another team that's rolling that into the playoffs. There was a lot of questions. Brandon Staley was on the hot seat and they rip off four straight. So um I'd it's, probably take the Chargers in that situation. It's tough to break down the AFC because I believe the, the top three teams are just head and shoulders better than everybody. Sure. That so, you no don't one's see any beat, of these, no one's beating those guys. You see no upset. You don't see any situation in which the Chargers, some combination of Chargers, Jaguars, Pats slash Dolphins can do anything. No. No. Cool. On the road, I don't blame you. Herbert, I guess, has the talent, and they have the offensive weapons that could potentially go into Kansas City and 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 just go crazy now they they tend to play kansas city really tough for sure so that's that's not fugazi but yeah i just think the top three teams are are just out of control i wanted to touch on this before we move over to the the nba you want to give the people we had a conversation about joe burrow before garmin got hurt hamlin what did i call him damar hamlin got hurt excuse me Nick hit me and said, we need to talk about Joe Burrow's ball placement and accuracy. Joe Burrow has the best ball placement I've ever seen in a quarterback in the NFL. Not necessarily the strongest arm. Doesn't necessarily make the craziest throws. He's not out here doing Mahomes thing. He doesn't have the arm strength of an Aaron Rodgers, you know, different things like that. But if you look, next time you watch Joe Burrow play for people out there, watch his receivers when the ball comes to them. Watch the adjustments they do not have to make. He has an ability of putting the ball right where his receivers are going to stretch their hands out to catch it. Guys aren't going behind their back. They're not doing the OBJ. Guys aren't diving, right? The ball, he doesn't have to do things where you have to make some type of acrobatic adjustment in the air to catch the ball. His balls always land right where (laughs) they're supposed to go. His ball placement, his accuracy, right, where he puts the ball, I think is second to none of anybody in the NFL. Even some of the stuff with, you know, Mahomes and Allen and all these different guys, their receivers are making adjustments. It doesn't make it a bad throw, right? They're still throwing in the vicinity and the guys just have to make a little bit of adjustment. With Burrow, it's like the receivers just put their hands out there and the ball lands right there. That's why you see these guys like Chase and Higgins having these crazy-ass yards after the catch because they're not wasting any motion catching the ball. You know what I'm saying? They're catching the ball in stride, and that allows them to turn up the field and do what they got to do. Yeah, big yak boys. Yeah, like big-time yak boys, both those guys. I guarantee you their receivers have to be amongst the leaders in the league in yak, and a lot of, all that is due to Joe Burrow putting the ball in the right place, right? Like you I get s- yards after the catch when you're not making some crazy adjustment. You're not catching like this and then turning around and running up the field for 30 yards. And you go back to, I think, the clip that I sent you was when I first noticed it was that LSU-Clemson college football playoff game where he threw six Different. touchdowns. And just some of the balls where they were landing, like it's 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 uncanny. I haven't seen anything like it from any quarterback ever before. Um, as far as the types of throws that he's making with that type of accuracy, it's really it's really remarkable. The accuracy, the ball placement, the pace, the touch. It's not coming in the there touch. 100 miles an hour. Nope. Where it's like, man, this is a little too hot. I don't know what I'm gonna do with this. It's coming in there just right. It's, he throws the best ball in the NFL. And when you that, talk about yeah. – No, that's it. So and when you talk about quarterbacking in the NFL, like I get, man, the big arm is sexy and all that. Like you want the guy with the rocket arm, but that's not how NFL football is played. 
NFL football is about fitting balls into balls, very tight windows, right? Like extremely tight windows <laughs> and limited space, right? And having to make touch passes like that. You're not going out there and just throwing bombs all day. This isn't the Big 12. Um, so like you got to have accuracy, right? You got to be able to get the ball to a spot, get it out of your hands quickly and get it into the hands of your playmakers. And he does such a good job of that without having over-the-top elite arm strength. Obviously, his arm is good enough. He can make all the throws that are required to play the position. But it's not like, you know, you watch Allen and Mahomes and some of these other guys, and they're just making throws that are just like, yeah, God-given ability, right? Burroughs is just, he's so accurate. You know his receivers love playing with him. Receivers love that shit. It Put also the ball helps. right where I need it. Nobody wants to do that shit. It also helps when no one can tackle Jamar Chase. Yeah, he's a monster. If that dude is in open space, <laughs> back it up. <laughs> Forget it. They need, they, need they, a, they need the PED boys to check Jamar Chase. You, you need a couple that. people <laughs> and the sideline to tackle Jamar Chase. That boy is lethal. All oh, right, it's let's crazy. Move. He had Chase and Jefferson over at uh, LSU. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he Joe Burrow mentally – Things that you don't really think about in the time, but you should have known that he was that guy. You don't think about all the movement in the transfer portal. You very rarely see boys transfer from the Big Ten to the SEC where it's yeah. tougher. Tougher. It just means more. You you mean you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and apparently at LSU, apparently at LSU, it does mean more in yeah, the SEC, it means more. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Got to have people relaxed. Especially on trips in Atlanta, man, it means a lot to that. You gotta have you gotta Atlanta, have players man. relaxed. You gotta have your wide receivers. Game. You gotta have your wide receivers relaxed in the SEC too on recruiting trips with the recruiting you know coordinators saying? and the coaches so, and whatnot. Shout out LSU, man. Shout Clean out program. LSU. Great Tigers. Why is that not getting coach, traction, Co- Coach Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout out the wide receiver coach. Yeah. So <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Go Tigers. The other key too. It's like I mean, but back to Burrow mentally, you just don't see that. For sure, you, you mean saw, to tell me I can't win a I can't win a job in the Big Ten, so I'm going to go down to the SEC and play for LSU. He's telling you right now, I'm confident. I know I can play with these boys. Yep. I'm going to go down and prove it, and that's exactly what we. That's exactly what he did. Mentally, one of the toughest in the NFL, and throws one of the best balls in the NFL, if not the best. Shout out Joe Burrow. All right, let's move over to the NBA. We're talking Bears or no? Uh, we'll close it with the Bears. We're going to close it out with the Bears and, and just give a little season recap. Was this a success? We'll yeah. get into it. Stay tuned on No Catch-Up. The NBA scoring has just been out of control. These are the numbers just in the last 48 hours <laughs> for some of these NBA players. Donovan had 71. Giannis last night had 55. Clay the night before, the same night, Mitchell scores 70-plus. Klay Thompson scores 54. Nobody even cares. I didn't even know that because of the Hamlin thing. It takes up so much. Yes. between Yeah, between Hamlin and Mitchell, Klay scored 54 in silence. DeMar DeRozan scored 40. LeBron on his birthday, the guy's 50 years old, scored 43, caught a lob on the break, and buggy whipped, like reverse <laughs> two-hand windmilled it, and finished. Joel had 42. Luka had 39. Following up where he scores, he scored 50 and 50 plus in like three or four. How about 60, 20, and 13? Yeah, exactly. DeMar, uh, De'Aaron Fox last night, 37. I mean, the, the, it's pretty crazy what's going on right now in the NBA. 
I mean, this guy, Donovan Mitchell, had 71, 8, and 11. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, <laughs> any thoughts on what, what's going on here? Or, or is it just supreme talent? Is it just nobody's playing defense? What do you think it is? So I think a lot of it is now, and you saw this. Uh, this is this has kind of been over the past few years of this new new thing of just look. Our best players handle the ball, right? It doesn't matter if they're a point guard, a traditional point guard or not. Whether that's a Luca, whether that's a Tatum, all these different guys, you see them first have the ball a lot, um, so they get more opportunities to score, more opportunities to assist, um, and put up those type of numbers. But I think also, yeah, it's 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 the it's the addition of the three point shot and just how prolific it is. I mean, you got guys shooting eight, nine, ten three-pointers a game and shooting at like a 40, 45% clip. Um, the talent that these guys have, the rules have allowed for more scoring. I think that that was something that, uh, not Sturge, Silver really wanted to emphasize. He wanted to bring scoring back into the game um, a little bit more like it was kind of in those early 90s where you see some of these crazy-ass 130, 140 scores. Forget all like the individual scores. Look at some of these game scores on the night. That Bulls game went into overtime at 130, 130. I think that uh, didn't the, didn't, <laughs> how many how many did the, did the Celtics give up to the uh, Thunder last night? Like 140, 150? one forty, one fifty, one fifty, one one twenty, one twenty two through three. Yeah, this is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, and they're giving up one hundred and fifty to a lottery tanking team. So I think the combination of the rules, uh, just how prolific the three point shot is, the fact that these guys who are your number ones do so much. I mean, Joel Embiid is a seven foot post player that shoots threes at a forty percent clip. And an 85% free throw shooter, right? So it's just there's so many different things that you can do with them. But it's funny you brought this up today. I was going through some numbers a few weeks ago when I first started noticing some of these uh, points per game averages. So this year, we have five players averaging over 30 points per game. And then another three right behind them at just above 29, right? So for all intents and purposes, you have eight players averaging 30 points per game, right? Before 2019 and 2020, the last time that there were multiple players to average 30 points per game in a season was 2005 and 2006. So the individual scoring numbers over the last couple years as far as points per game averages have absolutely exploded to where prior to that, you didn't see multiple guys putting up 30, 30 right? right? Hadn't happened since 2005, 2006, and the fourth guy was at 29 points per game. So you had four players there. Now you have eight this year. Um, so I got a question for you. First off, in 2009 or in 2005, 2006, who were the three players that put up over 30 points per game? In 0506. Yep. And who was the fourth guy who was right behind? You're gonna love the fourth guy who was right behind. That way. <laughs> it's, one of, it's a Sean Little special. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mello. Uh no. Mello was Mello that year came in at 26 and a half. Okay, so then LeBron. LeBron was third at 31.4. Okay, so LeBron. That was 21-year-old LeBron. 21-year-old LeBron. <laughs> Amazing. Um, it's D-Wade wasn't going for 30. D-Wade, I don't think D-Wade ever got up to 30. He yeah, D-Wade uh, was, wasn't going D-Wade for 30. D-Wade was fifth that year at 27.2. Man. It's tough. Man, this was so long. This. This this was so long ago. It. Two. Um, I mean, it's all it's all Hall of Famers, obviously. Come on, yeah. like 2005, bro. 2005, 2006. Who was scoring the points in the league? This was desperado year for this guy. He was dragging. Come on, man. 
I'm I'm blanking, bro. He averaged 27 attempts per game. Who had the audacity <laughs> to average 27 field goals per game? Thirty only shots one man. a game. No, tell me, give me the give me the list. Kobe. Oh, Bean. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Kobe averaged 35 point for 35 points per game that year on 27 shots. Yeah. Second was AI. And I was I was gonna say AI. I don't know it, why I just didn't blow really it out. AI at 33 points per game. Fourth was LeBron at 31.4. Yeah. I'm um, third was LeBron at 31.4. And then fourth at 29.3. Hibachi. Gilbert Arenas. Yes. Oh my Gilbert, God. That's amazing. <laughs> I should I should have guessed Gilbert. That's crazy. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I didn't so, want to say somebody wild. Man. So I yeah, went, Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero. Gilbert Arenas. So I went back through each year to find when we had multiple guys putting up 30. And the last time that happened prior to 2019. 2020 was 2005, 2006. So you had 15 years where you had a lot of talented players. You're talking about Melo. You're talking about D-Wade. You're talking about T-Mac was still in the league at this point in time. Guys who could score points, guys who could fill it up that you didn't have averaging 30 points in a game. You look at this year. And like Nick said, those are Hall of Famers we're talking about. Hall of Famers. You look at this year. I mean, you got Trey Young at 28. At one point, you got Shy Gilders Alexander averaging 31. You got Giannis at 33. You got Embiid at 34. You got Luka at 34. You got LeBron. LeBron is averaging 29. We just talked about LeBron putting up 31 <laughs> in 2005. It is 2023. If you slander LeBron James, you need to get yeah, because you don't understand basketball and you don't understand greatness. It is 2023. And LeBron is putting up a cool 29 on 51% shooting right now. So, yeah, these scoring numbers are absolutely insane. Jalen Brown, I'm sorry, Jason Tatum is putting up 31 a game. His teammate, his second fiddle, is averaging 27. Yeah. It's like the similar to what's going on in Brooklyn. It's KD is just under, and then Kyrie's probably like 26 or so. Exactly. So, and then then we have games like this on the on a nightly basis that absolutely do not get enough love. Jokic against Boston on Sunday goes for 30, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, zero turnovers on 13 shots. Yeah. Mitchell, let me repeat that for you. 27 shots. Let me repeat that for you. Jokic scored 30 points on 10 of 13 from the floor, eight free throws, no turnovers, 12 rebounds, 12 assists in a W. Had one personal foul. Flawless. It's a flawless basketball game. But we, but we take it for granted because these numbers aren't, unless it's like that Luka video game or like a Donovan Mitchell 71, like that's what excites us. But yeah, numbers like that, they don't. Do you remember when Dwight used to go for 20 and we go crazy? It's like, man, Dwight had 21 and 20? That's fucking insane. Now it's like you got guards doing that. <laughs> Jokic had a game two weeks ago. He had 40, 27, and 10. <laughs> so, like, the shit, is, the shit is crazy. We know what Durant's doing. You think it has something to do with the take file? That, that, that no one's doing that? That's no the extra thing? That. Or is it just, like, a pure talent thing? Yeah, I think it's a lot of it is talent, the pace at which the game is played, and the three points. Look at some of the points scored on Monday. The Cavs put up 145. The Pacers put up 122. The Nets put up 139. The Warriors put up 143. The Blazers put up 135. The Timberwolves put up 124. The Sixers put up 120. The Horn- the Lakers put up 121. This is all in one, one slate, one day. You got guys putting up 120, 130, 140 like it's nothing in regulation. 
So, yeah, I think a lot of it is it's hard to play defense right now, but you can't discount the fact that what used to be like point guard brings the ball up and tries to find a way to get it to your best player, your best player is handling that rock. If you have one of these ultra perimeter players like a Luka, right, like a um, Jason Tatum, these guys who can kind of do everything, at some point we figured out just put the ball in these guys' hands and get out the way. I think the first guy who really ever did that was D'Antoni with Harden. Remember, it was like yeah. when James Harden's oh, yeah. a point guard now? It's like, yeah, D'Antoni's like, no, that guy's a point guard. Yeah. I'm just going to give him the ball <laughs> yeah. and allow him to make the decisions with what we do on offense because I trust him enough. No, obviously Harden's an exceptional passer. And with certain guys, it doesn't work. We've talked about it with Booker. Booker isn't really built for that. They've tried it with him in Phoenix, and he did kind of need that guy to kind of handle that ball handling pressure off him. But Booker still gives you 30. Um, but some of these other guys, man, they're just going to – you watch a Luka game, dog, every decision they make on offense is dictated by Luka. Am I going to pass here? Cool. I'm going to pass here. He's going in for boards or I'm going to go for 70. And you're trusting those guys and you're giving the ball in their hands. And these guys can all shoot now. So you add in the three point shot. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let, let's, let's do this. This, this will yes. be fun. This will be fun. Give me who, who do you like more as just a, a, a pure bucket in the NBA? I'm going to give you two names. You pick one. And this is completely random. Nick doesn't know what I'm going to give him. Let's see. Let's see who you're, who you're taking. All right, well, we could we could skip out on the big boys until a little bit later, but pure pure bucket. You want Paul George or Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown scoring twenty seven tonight. Paul George scoring twenty four and a half. Paul, uh, right, man, right now Jalen Brown. Jalen, I, really, Brown. I, I love Jalen Brown's game. Okay, Demar Derozan or Jalen Brown? Demar Derozan. Devin DeRozan Booker or Demar Derozan? <laughs> I mean, Book's best game is better than DeRozan's best game. Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Trey Young, Shea Gilgis Alexander every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, dude, I don't like Trey Young. I hate watching Trey Young. Play I'm gonna basketball. tell you this: it's not even being talked about really enough. Trey Young is shooting the ball horrendously mythical shooter he shoots 31 percent from three 40 fuck the three 41 percent from the floor yeah he's relentless he's shooting he's averaging right now like nine of 21 from the floor eight and a half and 21 from the floor on a nightly basis shout out our boy edder who was on this from day one that trey young would be the worst guy to play with and that's not basketball like i mean if it wasn't for that run that year where they beat the knicks and got to the eastern conference finals was the Eastern Conference Finals or the third, whatever, wherever they got. I think they got the East Conference Finals, right? Eastern Conference Finals, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they beat Philly and they, they beat, beat New Philly. York. Yeah. Um, if it had not been for that, like, yo, we're looking at Trey, and we're already starting to look at him a lot different, but, like, the Trey Young shit, like, yeah, man, that team doesn't get any better. They're inconsistent, and, like, he just doesn't seem like he's that fun to play with. And the shooting stuff, remember, it's like, oh, this guy's the next Steph. This guy's the next Steph. No, in his mind, he might be. He's shooting it like he's the next Steph, but it ain't going in. Yeah, he's he's very inefficient. Very Jason, inefficient. J- Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Dude, Donovan Mitchell to, right now is insane. Go, go back to the bubble. Remember the Mitchell versus Murray stuff in the bubble? You want to watch high-level one-on-one uh, worry-free basketball? Just pure go bucket? Back to the bubble? That was pure bucket. Some of those, those Nuggets versus uh, Jazz games were fucking insane. These guys were trading 50-point nights. I think Donovan Mitchell, I love that trade when it happened. I loved it a month ago. Yep. I love it today. Um, that guy needed to change the scenery. 
Cleveland needed a scorer, and it's a match made in heaven. Yep. Like that is a what what a great situation for him. Even on that 71, we talk about shots. I think he had 27 shots. 34 shots. Was it oh by the end of the game? It, 34, 34 shots 34 by shots? the end of the game. Yeah. 34. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 71, 71 on 34. 34. Yeah. It's ridiculous. 70 uh, they, they say a good rule of thumb is like a point per shot, right? Yeah. He had 71 on 34. <laughs> so what are we talking about here? Um, hey, listen, yeah, I'm going Donovan Mitchell averages he he's first of all, he leaves the league in threes a game. He's averaging four made threes a game, which is crazy. Yep. He's shooting it better from three than Jason Tatum. He's shooting it better from the line than Jason Tatum. He's shooting it better from the floor than Jason Tatum, 49% um to 47%. So overall, right now, I think Donovan Mitchell is a better scorer than Jason Tatum. It's not by much, but uh, I agree with you. I, I lean Donovan Mitchell Tatum right Tatum overall is a better player. Tatum's defense and different things like that. Exactly. Him over the edge. But on the offensive end. On the offensive end, Donovan Mitchell is potent. And the thing with Mitchell, too, when you, man, he the confidence, too. Like, that dude believes he can make every shot. He takes the big shots for them. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about Cleveland. I got one for you. Yeah. Zach Levine. Paul George. Paul George. Okay. Paul George, when – see, I, I hate to preface it and say <laughs> – Paul George is the ultimate preface. <laughs> when Paul George is locked in, like, he's fucking really good on the he's offensive really end. He's a good basketball player. Um, they're very similar, though. Can make can, – can both make big shots. That's a tough one. That's a that's a really tough one. Tyler Hero or Laurie Markkinen. That's a really good one too, because Laurie Markin, and I'm gonna tell you right now, since he started since he started playing with his hair wet and the the, the curly hair, whatever he's putting in his hair. Shout out curly since, Laurie. Since since Laurie started doing that, he's been going crazy. Uh, um, put, I'll go Laurie Markin. Laurie right put up twenty four a game on fifty three percent shooting, forty two from the from yeah, the uh, threes at eighty seven percent. I've watched a lot of the jazz. He's good. He has been cooking, bro. He's really good. It's been pretty crazy. Kyrie or Ja? There we go. I'm ended on that. Oh, Kyrie or Ja? Peak. Kyrie's over here getting putback dunks right now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that putback was crazy <laughs> that too. Putback was crazy. Um, I'm gonna go Kyrie. Locked in Kyrie because just on the offensive end, he could get to the cup and he could shoot it from deep. The Memphis Grizzlies are the without Desmond Bain, they just don't make any threes. Yeah, they just foul. They flat out don't have any shooters. Shout out Desmond Bain. This guy, John Morant, is just relentless at the basket. But overall, offensively, Kyrie is better than him across the board except going to the cup. And, and Kyrie's better. Or is really good yeah. at, at Ky getting to the Kyrie's ability to get to the cup while not being a, 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 a high flyer vertical guy or yeah. a guy who looks to absorb. He's Crazy. Just, his, his adjustment, his layup package, um, and the shooting. Kyrie's shooting. Look, man, when you talk about point guards, the best shooting guards in the NBA – you're talking Steph, you're talking Dame, and you're talking Kyrie. As far as guys from distance, yeah, that's what we're talking about. But the respect, I mean, Kyrie does a lot of goofy shit, and we've held him accountable oh, yeah, he's for all of his goofy shit. But when he shuts the fuck up, he total the, offensively so potent. Yeah, he's such very a good potent. shooter. The the, 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 Nets have, the Nets have won twelve in a row. No, they're killing. I heard you so, talk about it the other day. Should the Nets be the favorites coming out the East and like? It, it really got like me it. thinking. It looks like it. And, like, I, and I'm going to say it again, Jock Vaughn. I'm not hearing his name enough. Yeah, He's doing what Steve Nash could not do. Jock Vaughn has these boys humming. You want to talk about – look up the coach of the year odds on Jock Vaughn because if they keep playing like this, Jock Vaughn is the NBA coach of the year. 
This situation was dead. We were go back to our episodes a month ago. We were like, yeah, I got nothing for the Nets. That team fucking sucks. Yeah. The food, like they did. They were. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna make you answer Durant or Luca because Durant. (laughs) You sure? Yep. Uh, Kevin Durant. It's very close. (laughs) We can just Kevin Kevin Durant. Very close. It's very close. We'll, we'll we'll leave it there. But I'll, I'm shooting 56 percent from the no, field. No, dude, he's shooting. Fi- I'm, I'm just 30, gonna say. I'm, I'm just gonna say though, this fucking guy is shooting 56 percent from the floor, which is he's fucking a perimeter player. Which is which is ridiculous. For on, for on example, numbers. for example, Giannis is shooting 54 percent, and all he does is lay the ball up. Joel is shooting 53. Kevin Durant is shooting 56% from the floor. The efficiency is is outrageous. So, shout Kevin out Durant KD. Durant only shoots five threes a game, which is uh, – that's a wild number. Yeah. He shout plays out. so within himself. It's crazy, dude. Oh, yeah, you bro. can't press him at all. You can't do what he wants to do. Like, this is what I do. Do you hear Kevin Durant speak? No one makes that guy do anything. He's just, like, very comfortable in his own skin. He's very comfortable with his game. He knows he's the man on the floor. He doesn't give a fuck about people on the internet. He he doesn't care about any of that. He's a monster, bro. KD is a beast. So, all right, let's close no catch up here. What is it? January first episode of 2023 on the Chicago Bears. Because coming into the year, we were talking about if, if let's go way back to right before the season. People were up in arms that – do you remember us talking about this? People were up in arms that a lady came out and said the Bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL. Diana Rossini. Diana Rossini said that said the Bears are going to be the worst people team were, in the people NFL. People were screenshotting and tweets. People were screenshotting and going <laughs> ballistic. And me and Nick got on the mic and were like, yeah, are you guys idiots? Yeah, what are you watching? What are you? What What roster are you looking yeah, at? What are you expecting? And what do you know? Oh, and you're not a real Bears fan if you weren't predicting yeah, you're to go not ten a real, and seven. Yeah, exactly. You have to. You have to be. You have to be wildly optimistic to be a Bears fan. Apparently, yes. So fast forward to the end of the year, we're fighting for the number one spot in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. right where we thought we'd be. It was actually a beautiful season. So to kick off my 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 play on it is it was an awesome season. This season could not have gone any better. Brisker looks like a player. I really love Sanborn playing linebacker. He should come back yeah, and be an impact guy. He's a he, Chicago linebacker. He's a sure. Chicago linebacker. Isn't he I from love like that Heights or some shit? Wisconsin guy, the whole yeah, thing. Linebacker, yeah. you, everything. Yeah, he's built for this. Justin Fields gets a ton of play. Gets Gains some confidence that he can actually play in the NFL. And is an elite playmaker in the NFL. We're going to get a top three draft pick no matter what right now. Jury's still out on Flus, but the jury is is a little – it's a hung jury on Gitsy, but it's leaning like he's really good and can get things going for Fields. Really good in the first half. We added Claypool, TBD. It's a huge offseason going in. This is, this is going to be the most excited I've been going into an offseason to when we signed Mack and Nagy was a first-year head coach. And we had Trubisky in year two 
and we're able to make some noise. That's when I went up to Green Bay to open the season. This, this is going to be an awesome offseason. I'm excited for Bears football to come the next couple of years. Yeah, and so I think the other thing, you talk about that top three pick. We're in a, we have a top three pick coming, and we don't need a quarterback. Let me Let me say this again. We have a top three pick coming, and we don't need a quarterback, meaning we don't necessarily need to hold on to said top three pick. If some team like the Raiders or, I mean, Houston's probably going to end up with that one seed, but if some team like the Raiders or some team like I don't know, though. That game yeah. is only a three-point spread. Houston could easily win that game, and we could have the number one pick. But some team like the Raiders, some team like the Colts, one of these other teams that's going to be absolutely Washington, absolutely desperate for a quarterback and feels that they're a quarterback away, maybe even the Giants. You're out there in New York. Who knows what happens with Daniel Jones? Maybe the Jets. Who knows what happens with Zach Wilson? It seems like ownership is intent on keeping him, and Salah is trying to tell them that he's a bum. Um, but whatever happens, we see what happens around the draft. Teams that want quarterback will start trading multiple picks to get into a spot to draft quarterback. There are three or four quarterbacks that guys want, and we're going to be in a spot to take one of them when we don't need them. So if it's a situation we can move back a couple picks and pick up a couple more picks on the back end, right? Because when you look at our roster, I don't know if you have a chance to kind of flash that graphic, we have a ton of holes on this roster, right? Which we've been talking about, but we're in a great position. That's that. This is the current depth chart next year of guys who are signed to the roster. Look at all those blank spots, right? So when we talk about the fact that Poles and Flues got to rebuild this entire roster, this is what we're talking about. But when you have a bunch of draft picks, when you have over $100 million in, in cap space, and when you have your quarterback in place, right? Unless these guys over at Hallis Hall are telling you that Justin Fields isn't that guy, and I've seen no indication that that's how they feel, man, what a great spot to be in, right? You got your young quarterback on a rookie deal, and if you're a t if you're a GM, right? If you're a player personnel guy, this is the situation that you beg for. Give me a blank slate. Don't make me come in here and deal with somebody else's shit. Don't make me come here and have to stay loyal to people who I didn't draft. I get a complete blank slate. I get a whole bunch of money to do it with. I have a quarterback, and I just need to build around it. So I think the Bears are in a great spot if Poles, Flues, whoever else is in the building are the talent evaluators that they claim to be. And all they should have been doing this year is evaluating talent on the roster and around the league, right? If you're Ryan Poles, that's what you should have been doing all year. You should be mapping out your role plan. This is what we got. This is what I saw on Sunday. This is who's going to be with us. This is who's not going to be with us. And cool, my work is cut out for me. What a great spot to be in. Instead of going to a situation where you got players you don't want who are on long contracts, you got a quarterback making a whole bunch of money who you're not sure about, that doesn't exist right now. So they got a blank slate. You know what you need. If you're confident in your staff, you're confident in the guys that you think you want to keep, you go from there. Look at all that. Look at all that white on that sheet, man. So I think they're in a wonderful spot right now of having that pick with a quarterback already in place because you can trade out of it. I have no problem with them trading out of it. The interesting thing, too, <laughs> is Seattle's at three. Yeah. What from Denver. Oh, yeah. What a trade. Now, now, do they go with Geno or are they looking to go move up a spot? Or are they going to take my man from North Carolina? I can't remember his name, but who quarterback? The the quarterback, yeah. Because oh. that those are the top three quarterbacks in the in the draft coming up. We got Young, Stroud, and then this dude from North Carolina. Dude from okay. USC isn't coming out, right? Or is he? Coming? No, 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 no. He's, he's not coming out. Yeah, he's too young. So 
stay tuned on that. A, but a joke. You should be allowed to come out and get paid, by the way. We're in a really interesting spot. Great spot. So, if you trust the people making the decisions. If And we have no reason not to. You got to trust folks until you have a reason not to. That's my philosophy. That's what I live by on the day-to-day basis. So that's how I feel about the Bears organization at the moment. But very successful season for me. As long as Justin Fields has no business playing this week for me, I have, there's absolutely no reason to run him out there. You'd rat, really? I, yes, zero. What the fuck do I need to see Justin Fields play for? More games? No, no thanks. I would you have sat him? Would you have sat him last week? I would have. I would have got him out the game a lot earlier than they did. But yeah, well, yeah, they, I, they, left them, they left him out there to get killed in the second half. I have no reason to. I have no reason to see him play any more snaps. Go, go, start retooling the offense. The offseason starts right now. I'd run out a bunch of bullshit. Anybody that I thought was a starter, and you need to lose the game anyway. <laughs> any brisker sitting, Trevor everybody sitting. Time. But man, Peterman, whoever, I'm sitting. I'm bringing up boys from the practice squad. I'm doing it all. There's no, absolutely no reason to, to, to play some of these guys in week 18 at home in the cold for what? No thanks. So that's it for No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. Send the, send the pot around, man. Enjoy it. Appreciate y'all. We're back. We'll see you guys next week. No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. We out here.